Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and joining me today is one of the biggest, best, and most influential voices in the gaming landscape. Of course, I am talking about Craig Skistmas, a.k.a. Stuttering Craig, a.k.a. Craig Skits from the Craig Skits Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. I appreciate that. That was a, a wonderful intro. Uh, I appreciate that she said, of course, like everybody knew who it was. Which was <laughs> of course, it's like, it's like, we're talking, it's like, today we have the king of pop, of course, you know, Michael Jackson, right? It's like, For sure. today we have the biggest movie star in Hollywood, of course. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Right? That's right. But yeah, then there's Craig. Hey, well, it's, it's basically <laughs> your name is synonymous with, you know, this uh, this genre gaming. So who else would it be? You know, we're not talking about Jeff Keighley. No, 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 no. It's stuttering. No, no, no. Jeff, Jeff is a Jeff is a businessman. If I've ever known a businessman, <laughs> he, he's he, he does what he does and he does it very well. Utmost respect to uh, to Keeley son. Damn right. And uh, and everything he does for the Game Awards and everything else he does just for the, the medium in general. But before we start this interview, I just want to say one word and I want your instant unbridled reaction uh-huh luca Doncic. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um no luca um maybe one of the, probably one of the best well probably the best player in the game right now wow, Sorry, wow. Like, he's, <laughs> dude, the guy i'll tell you what man unbridled passion man it, it's it's insane to think that my favorite team has probably probably the best player in the league for the next 10 years on it. And that is crazy. Uh, and look, I'm, I'm a 39 year old guy. I, I like, I have no shame rooting for a 21 year old dude. I, I root for the, I root for the Jersey more than I root for the player. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I've been a lifelong Mavericks fan to the point to where, you know, their center was Lorenzo Williams and George McLeod was shooting threes and he was a high spot for him back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, when Tony Dumas was in a dunk contest and that was a big deal and he missed all his dunks. Like, I've been a long time Mavericks fan. I've seen the lean and I've seen the best, you know. So uh, just to know that we have some outstanding times in the future is really exciting. And coming off of having Dirk for so long and, and that name, obviously, uh, such a big name in the NBA, to after Dirk kind of moves on to greener you know, pastures, you have Luca come in and just – Take the league by storm. Take Twitter by storm. Just injecting that fun back into the game because, like, I, I heard you say it on your stream today. He's not even an American dude, but he he just came into this league third overall, I believe, and just from the jump, man, so much fun to watch. And so I just had to start talking with Lou. I'm a Sixers fan, and we just fired our head coach today. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> man, uh- Tell you what, the, the process is not working, unfortunately. <laughs> Here we go. It's like making a cheesesteak joke. When you talk about the Sixers, you just have to talk about the process. I get it. I understand. We got ourselves into that situation. Yeah, well, you know, Embiid got you in that situation. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. Like last year, maybe two years ago, I remember like the inside the NBA guys talking about Embiid. They're like, he could be the best player in the league. And it's like Embiid is an okay player. He's pretty good. I'd say he's, you know, maybe top 25. I think that for his size and what they get out of him, 
Like he has so much potential, he just hasn't tapped it yet, and that I think that's got to be a frustrating thing from a Sixers fan. Well, and you know the, that, and losing a bunch of games. <laughs> and, and and you know he didn't start playing basketball till he was later in his life. So like to your point, he's got a lot of untapped potential even in the well. I think you know a new coach will get more out of him than Brett was. Brett was the guy who came in when the process started. He coached 107 players in like eight seasons. That's you don't hear that very often in basketball. So. Uh, it was that's a crazy a lot, of a lot a lot of turnovers too that's hence why he got fired so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, now this isn't a sports podcast we talk about all the gaming and the nerdy stuff but but you were somewhat of a basketball mm-hmm. sensation for a certain brand of hardcore basketball action uh, back in the day weren't you no <laughs> no I, I i would never i would never call myself a sensation you're a modest uh, guy but, craig but i did play slam ball if that's what you're referring to. That is exactly um, what I'm referring to. For those who are yeah. who are who have no idea what we're talking about, who never watched, I think it was on Spike, who never watched Spike, Correct. what is Slam Ball? So Slam Ball was a made-for-TV sport uh, that I didn't know was a made-for-TV sport at the time that is essentially like a real-life NBA jam. Uh, imagine uh, you know a full, full-length basketball court with uh, trampolines on each side of the court, big Olympic-style trampolines on each side of the court, uh, four on each side, where uh, it's a four-and-four four game of basketball where there is just ridiculous, uh, crazy dunks and um, over-the-top, over-the-top, you know, blocks, and it, it's it was so fun, so fun. It was on TV. I played in it in the second season of it on Spike TV, and. Um, it was a it was a really great experience. I got paid, so technically I was a professional athlete. That's right. <laughs> you played for the Bandits, I believe, right? The Bandits. Yeah, I thought that was such a cool name. That is such a, cool, a cool, name. cool name. Yeah, I think the use the USFL or the had the Bandits in there too, or something like that. But at the end of the day, they're a Home Alone villain duo, and I'm happy with that. Right, right, right. We weren't the Wet Bandits. Yeah, so, but know. you were the Sticky Bandits. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, no, so- we, we, we were the we, we were the lose a lot of game Bandits. <laughs> Could you take Luca one on one in slam ball? Uh, he's, he's pretty strong. He's pretty big. Uh, but, but absolutely. I think, I, I think Luca would get lost in the tramps. <laughs> yeah. You got to know how to play the bounce. And, and I guess, uh, you right. have the familiarity of, of knowing the court and knowing your, you know, it's like a home field advantage in baseball. You got to know the dimensions of the park. I get it. Listen, I, I have no doubt, no doubt that after like, like when you have an athlete like him, like after like five minutes, they get it. But yeah. That first five minutes, I would be all over him, even at my ripe old age. <laughs> so you would at least get it to a four nothing lead. No, I get it. I understand. Well, no, 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 no. The dunks were worth three. Oh. So, <laughs> so I, I would, I would probably have a three zero lead. <laughs> there you go. Hey, but if you got one dunk on Luca, I, I would say you could die a happy man. I'm just saying, dunking with a trampoline. That's I'm right. the greatest player in the world. Let's go. So. Uh, I actually heard about you and Screw Attack all the way back in 2008. We'll talk about Screw Attack a little bit later, but from five times August, believe it or not. Um, but uh, big fan of Brad since about 2008. Uh, you have a family yeah. member. Actually, it's a solo project, so your family member is five times August. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, my brother. He was, he was a, uh, he's a musician. Been a musician pretty much his entire life, literally his entire adult life. Um, five times August was, was his first first career and uh had some success he had some really great success um he had a pretty much an entire album uh placed on tv and various mtv shows and things like that and 
and um, did pretty well for himself. Like when during the MySpace age of music, when yep. MySpace was kind of that place. And uh, at one point, he was the number one independent artist on MySpace, and that was pretty cool. So uh, he did that, and then he stepped back a few years ago to focus on being a dad. And now he's back. Um, now he's back making children's music, which is pretty cool. And I think. I legitimately feel like his, his children's music is the best music he's ever made. That's awesome. Yeah, he just released some new stuff on Spotify not too long ago. I know that. Yeah, it's great. It is. It's like if anybody has a, if anybody has a kid, like if anybody has a kid that's like I don't know, like six and under, like this stuff is banging. Yeah, I have a two year old daughter, so it kind of fits kind of fits right in there. Oh man, she will love it. <laughs> I'm super excited. Um, yeah, but I was a big Five Times August fan back then, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I heard about him through Laguna Beach. Now, not every guy is like ready to jump up and say that's where he's heard of one of his favorite mid 2000s emo solo projects. But I am I am one of them. But in fact, didn't he do like a co-host or a guest host spot on Screw Attack or Game Attack for on a show there for a little bit? I swore God, I remembered him on a panel of something. Yeah, yeah. He 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 was a character. He did a character called Unaware Steve. That's right. um, yeah, yeah. So Unor Steve was a character that was um, essentially him. Um, he, he went out and Brad Brad was not into video games. He's never been into video games. So um, he made a character. We went out to an event together called QuakeCon out in Dallas. And I gave him a microphone and he and we just followed him around with our, with our little camera and just let him talk to people. And Unor Steve hadn't played a game in, since 1992 and he didn't know <laughs> what was going on. So um, that, was, that was his deal. He went out and was totally clueless so we wanted to know why these people had all these crazy computers and what they did and and you know he was he was only worried about you know what was going on in the arcades and it was, it was pretty fun that's awesome so growing up in in your house you know you were you the gamer he the musician how was that dynamic growing up uh the di- dynamic was um there was a lot of back and forth a lot of you know i'll tell you the dynamic so there was there's four of us four kids in the house and uh, I was always the odd man out because I was the I was like the tall, lanky one, mm-hmm. and everyone else was normal. Um, the future, so I was the, the one future basketball gang, ganged up on. Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was the one who would always get ganged up on by my sister and uh, younger brother. So I was in the middle. So Brad was younger than me, so yeah, but he always teamed up with with my sister, who was um, you know four years older than me. So so I, I'd get sandwiched in there, and and there was always always some sort of screening or yelling match happening, but. Now that we're adults, we like each other again, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> now, usually when we do an interview, and we touched on you know some things earlier on in your career, the slam ball and things like that, but usually to start an interview, I look at it like a superhero origin story, like to start at the beginning and tell the story. But for this one, I felt it fitting to just kind of dive into your newest adventure. You know, First, there was Screw Attack. Then there was Game Attack. I'm sure a million other things in between even before that. But tell us about your newest adventure, the Craig Skits Podcast. Yeah, so you know, um, the podcast is something that I just woke up and really wanted to do. Um, it was a podcast that it's a podcast that's built around interviewing uh, and talking with friends that I've had over the last uh, you know ten, fifteen years, people that I've friends that I've made over the last uh, long time, and uh, telling stories and and laughing about jokes that like have never been heard that only we've known. Um, you know, and just kind of talking about their careers and and things like that. So. I feel like we've had a, you know, so far I'm only like six episodes in, but it's, it's gone pretty well. I've interviewed uh, James Rolfe, who's the Angry Video Game Nerd, Tommy Tallarico, who's relaunching the Intellivision brand later this year, uh, Bruce Green, who's seen so much success on G4 and, and with Rooster Teeth and Funhouse. Now he's on his own. Uh, Daniel Dwyer, who 
uh, founded Noclip, who makes all those amazing video game document uh, documentaries. Uh, and Greg Miller of Kind of Funny, who uh, has won the most entertaining online personality award uh, a couple of years ago. So he's doing great. And today, uh, we just I just released um, a, an episode on who I think is like going to be the next YouTube star. He has over a million subscribers. Anyways, his name is Scott the Waz, and um, that episode is currently the fastest growing episode on the channel. So, so far, so great. I can't believe how fast Scott the Waz blew up. I remember watching him with under 100 thousand subs and then i mean it he's got the he's got the hook right in the beginning right when hey all scott here you're you're hooked already and then he just does videos that are different enough with that funny spin i loved his we wear chronicles so like what what's it like for you i mean you know you've been in gaming for so long a lot of these people you consider your friends but what what's it kind of like to just take a step back you know throw the curtain out and just be able to shoot the shit and kind of catch up with these guys on your pod well, it's interesting because so Scott, I've known for a while, but we've never actually actually spoke, um, which was great. I've known he actually Scott actually got his start on Screw Attack when he was like 13 years old, uh, when he was like making videos, which is amazing. Um, so but for the most part, just talking with the guys, it's, you know, our conversation is about as real as it gets. Um, um, there's no sugarcoating it. There's no BS. It's, it's how we would speak whenever whenever we're around each other and not not uh, forward facing like. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is is that it's like super authentic, um, which that I'm like super proud of. Yeah. Um, so you know, just sitting down and hanging out. I mean, it's, it's the same thing as if we were sitting around, sitting down around on the couch drinking a beer, or or um, well, I don't really drink beer, but you know what I'm saying. If we were to sit around and, and goofing off and or uh, chit chatting after after seeing each other at an event or something, um, yeah, it, it's it's just kind of hanging out. It's about as raw and unfiltered as you can get, um, while still having some sort of um, time construct in, in some sort of format. <laughs> yeah. Actually, really quick, back to the beer thing. I, uh, I remember this was years ago, but um, I had put on some happy weight, we'll call it, maybe some college weight. And uh, I remember sure. seeing you going on like a weight loss journey and like you described, I think on a YouTube video, like how you lost a bunch of weight. And that actually motivated, motivated me to drop 20. And I remember doing that. And I was like, I have to shout him out for that on this pod. But you kind of laid it up for me with the beer thing. But I appreciate that. But yeah, do you, do you remember that kind of, uh, talking about your weight loss? Oh yeah, man. That was important. Yeah, man. That, that was big. That was a really big part of my life. Um, I lost like almost 50 pounds. Uh, and, uh, it was one of those things where I didn't really realize that I was so overweight until I, until I, you know, I, I didn't, I honestly didn't even realize it until I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I got to do something about this. So, yeah. um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm glad that I could, I could serve as some sort of inspiration. I've, I've had so many people come up and say that. And, and it's one of those things where like, I'm this tall guy and the weight holds on to me differently. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, it rarely sits in my face, but I actually have this picture of me, um, that I took from a video, uh, and the title of it is just gut dot J got dot JPEG <laughs> that I'll look at it every once in a while. Cause it's, this is picture of me from this video um, that I'm just staring at the camera and you could just see my big old belly just sitting <laughs> out there yeah. and I was like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. Time, you know, you know let's, let's not let that happen again. So. Yeah. Uh, back to the pod and, and you had said your conversations are authentic and I mean this as a, the utmost compliment, right? So I mean this very positively, but your show coming off to me seems 
you know, obviously you have a video version of it too, but the audio version is what I listen. I listen to the audio version. I, I haven't caught a video version of it yet, but what I like about it is there's not a heavy, heavy emphasis on the editing. It's not like you go in, you know, you may have a rundown. It seems like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you have a basic rundown, but a lot of the times, a lot of the things you talk about come up organically throughout the conversation. And you just roll with it. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's kind of the idea. Um, I have some really, really high level things that maybe I might want to talk about um, if we get to them. And that's only if we like totally run out of things to say, but it never does. So, um, you know, for me, there's uh, you know, I want to introduce the people, uh, introduce the guests before the show. So people have an idea who who's on the show. Uh, and then I have an outro. And then after that, it's pretty, pretty raw. Yeah. So uh, like I said, for me, if I want people to be able to get to know who these people are, you know, um, I want people to know Scott, Scott and not Scott the Waz. I want people to know James and not the angry video game nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's important for me. And I think that's that's one of the big focuses of the podcast itself. Speaking of the angry video game nerd again, James, James Rolf, uh, I think my favorite moment so far was actually in your debut episode with James, where you guys are talking about being near Miyamoto backstage at E3, but not really actually approaching him directly. Um, if you remember that story, can you go back into that a little bit deeper of what it was like to be even just like around such a legend? Yeah, man. Uh, like if you've ever had an idol or somebody that you, that you just look at with such such um, so much feverish, like it's just crazy. It's crazy to be around this guy, right? Like he emits this like aura of wow, right? (laughs) Uh, And you know, at at that point in particular, if I if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure he was surrounded by his entourage, and he walks right by us. And it's one of those things where you want to be like. Mr. Miyamoto, I want to thank you for making Mario and making me the man I am today. Thank you so much. You know, and, um, and, but you don't, you know, you're just saying that in in your mind because you're, you're, you know, squibbling little bitch, right? Around him. So, um, you know, but at that point, uh, I think he was, he had to go do something on stage and, and, you know, it was neat to see him just, uh, as James said in the podcast, it's neat to see him just kind of, collect himself before he went on stage and really take a second to himself and know that, you know, this guy is, is one of the biggest icons in the video game industry and probably the biggest icon in the video game industry. And, and, um, you know, when he leaves this earth, it will be major, major news. Um, part of the video game industry will like Nintendo's going to have some serious problems, right? Uh, this guy has created so many of their major franchises and, um, continues to create memories for everybody, um, even after 30 years of doing this, which is amazing. Um, you know, so to see him just kind of be a regular person while us having such obvious, obviously, uh, esteem for this guy, um, was crazy. And it's, you know, you want to say something in those situations, but you don't want to be a pest. And, uh, there's really, there's really two, you know, I'd say this. Prior to this story, there's really only one person I've ever really been like, oh, my gosh. Uh, and that was Weird Al Yankovic when I interviewed him. <laughs> uh, I interviewed him one time. But uh, him, him and Miyamoto, I guess, would be the two people that I've, only, I've always been like, oh, my gosh, you know, and from a professional standpoint. But everyone else I'm pretty cool with. So. It's, it's pretty cool. I think it's just one of those situations where it's just cool to be in the room. Like, I think about like the interviews we've done and like not to flex, but like on this show, we've had some 41. We've had you know, directors, we've had movie producers, we've had you now on the show. And 
at first, I remember our first interview. It was outside of a Starbucks in South Jersey, and it's 98 degrees out with just tons of humidity. We're sweating, you know, like crazy. And I'm already just shaking because I see the guy park his car and I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening. Then you just once like the conversation starts rolling, you just kind of forget. And it's just kind of cool to have them there. And you realize that they're a person, too. I always kind of imagined if I met somebody like Miyamoto, like side note, if he came on this show, could you imagine the intro I'd have for him? You know what I mean? Like, oh, man, you would you would hang up the phone before you got through it because it'd be so long. It'd be, the interview's over. <laughs> but like, I, I would just like to think that um, it's just cool to be in the room and just kind of know that you shared that. Like, not to be corny, but right now in this very moment, for me, it's 7.53 p.m. I'm on the phone with you doing this interview. Nobody else in the world is. I think that's kind of cool to think about. Um, just That's just the way my weird brain thinks. But uh, you've been saying- well, You know what's awesome? What's up? I just want to let you know that it's 6.54 p.m. where I'm at, and it, I'm on the phone with you. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. I appreciate so now it. We're, now we're talking. <laughs> so you're in Central Time. Yeah, I, Dallas, I, Texas, baby. I think I, uh, in our email, I even think I put you in Mountain Time. I think I, or whatever I did, I oh. put you two hours behind me. I said 5.30 Central Time instead of, oh, that could have been a nightmare. I could have been waiting a long time. No worries, baby. Hey, hey, it all worked out. Hey, man, we have calendars for a reason. It's a good thing. That's right. You've Thank been, you, Google. You've been saying for a, a while now that actually that E3 is kind of out the door. Do you think that E3 comes back in whatever our new normal the world has in store for us? Or do you think that kind of COVID fast-tracked the inevitable? That's a great question. Uh, I think E3 was dying a slow death. And I think COVID put the nail right through the jugular Whew. of E3 uh, in, in its current, in, in, as its previous state. Right. Um, with you know, I think E3 will be there in, in some way, shape, or form because, because while Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft may not necessarily be there, it's still important from a business aspect for people getting together, having some sort of centralized area, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if the Super Bowl, if the Super Bowl had no fans, it would still happen, right? Because it's a it's an important pe- meeting place for uh, for sponsors and corporate events and things like that. So. Um, E3 will still happen. I don't know if it's necessarily, especially in, you know, 2021, I don't, I don't think we're going to see, uh, an E3 with 65,000 people at it. Um, which, you know, I think is actually a great thing. Like if, if they limited the amount of space and, and, you know, let's just say there's no vaccine, right. And, uh, or the, you know, let's say there's an early vaccine in like early 2021 or something, who knows. Right. Um, and they're like, well, you know, we're instead of 65,000 people for the weekend, we're going to allow, 10,000 people for the weekend, right? Like that to me is a much more appealing event, right? Um, what, do I want to go to that? Not really, because honestly, all the allure of the reason why they, they build out those giant ass booths is because they want, they want the oohs and ahs and the clicks and the trends and, you know, the, uh, the pictures on Twitter and Facebook, Insta and IG and everything else, you know, any other social, social uh, media platform. And that, that's why they build those things for those wow social media moments. Um, but if you have, you know, 10,000 people there, I, I don't, I don't necessarily, uh, or, you know, just a limited amount. I don't think you're going to see those wow moments. I think it'll be a lot closer to like E3 2007, which was called E for all and took place in an airplane hangar and nobody was allowed to have a booth that was bigger than 10 by 10. So, um, you know, it was, it was a lot, it was a very different event because people thought E3 was too big. So. 
yeah, I, I think we're definitely going to see a downsized version. I think there is two kind of the, the major thing. I think that E3 where it stumbled this year was, you know, E3 is where all eyes are on our industry, that gaming industry for the week. Like that is our comic con. That is our super bowl, at least in the general public's eye. It may not be to the deeper level, but the gen pop says, Oh, what is this E3 thing? Let me get my eyes on it. And what E3 did this year, I mean, I know that Jeff was the host and he kind of backed out and I am eight bit kind of backed out early. So it kind of put them in that, that tough situation, but they made the decision to cancel back in, I think it was March or April, right in kind of the beginning stages of coronavirus, at least in this country. And I think that what killed them was making that quicker decision to cancel as opposed to try and switch it to a more virtual event. Like you said, though, it, it is a kind of that spot for businesses and especially indie developers to get together too and to try to pitch their game, sell their game to maybe publishers or, or what have you. So I understand that aspect of it. But you look this week, we have Gamescom happening. Gamescom at home. They're doing the digital. Jeff Keighley just announced today the Game Awards are going to happen. They're digital. So I guess they're afforded the luxury of going later than June. But do you think E3 maybe could have held out? And I know that, you know, hindsight being what it is. But do you think maybe they could have held out and, and just waited and maybe tried to do a virtual thing? Or maybe it wouldn't have been, you know, maybe it would have lost its luster a little bit. Yeah, you know, so I just I just did a quick Google real fast just to make sure I had the right uh, right time frame on this. Um, so this, this looks like they announced it in, in early April, um, potentially. And, but I also see, no, no, I see this from March 11th. March 11th seems like super early to cancel E3 with, with the, uh, with the coronavirus. Cause that was like, that's before things really even got started popping off. Right. Um, so March, so like that's the second week of March. Right. And I realized that's three months out from E3 and there's a lot of money being, being, uh, spent and stuff, but you know, the thing about E3 is they, they didn't necessarily lose a whole lot of money. I mean, in, in comparison, they didn't literally use a whole lot of money. Um, who lost the money was was the uh, L.A. Convention Center from the business because, um, you know, we, we had an event at, at Game Attack. We had an event planned for, for May, and, you know, all the, the entire fee for booking and everything got wiped because, you know, a global pandemic broke out, right? So... So you don't have to pay for for if your event gets canceled from a global pandemic, you don't you still don't have to pay for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know for something like that, it, it's interesting. Do I think they they could have held out a little longer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe a few more weeks, but you got to remember E three is is in early June. Um, so with the worldwide travel that was you know usually set to happen, and obviously we know it didn't happen, but um, the travel from all the different locations going to E three. I, I could see them holding out uh, in retrospect, you know, they definitely could have held out a little bit longer because, you know, you look at like March 11th, that was still very early. Right. Uh, that was really before the big uptick started to happen. So oh, interesting. Yeah. I just look at it like they could have, instead of canceling, they could have pushed it off, turned into a digital event. Now Jeff did his summer game fest and, and all this stuff to kind of help out with that. Sony had already dropped out. Microsoft then did their own event. Nintendo were still waiting on the big direct for the year. Um, used to be one a quarter, but I guess that's changing. Um, but I, so I guess I, you know, summer game fest games, at home, all these other things, the PS five event and, and, you know, the inside Xboxes have kind of taken over what E3 is. And I think that these big companies are saying we're getting so much traffic. I mean, a lot of people are home to watch it. I get it, but they're getting so much traffic from putting on their own events that that's where I think E3 is going to die. Like you said, 
Nintendo. Oh, sure. Yeah. Nintendo bailed. PlayStation bailed two years ago. Microsoft was still in it, but their big thing was Gamescom anyway. They did a whole press conference for that so they can even shift their their attention to kind of dominating Gamescom later on in the summer. E3, as we know it, like the Warp Tour, is dead and gone. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I think, you know, not to say that the coronavirus is a good thing, but I think a positive out of this is that companies realize they don't need that platform as much as they thought. No, not at all. No. And, and, uh, you know, it was a relic, right? right. Um, it was a, re- it was a relic of, of the early nineties pre-internet, um, you know, to where people relied on, on print magazine to get the word out. And, uh, you know, once, once social media happened and the ability to tweet something as soon as you see it, um, and gain any sort of traction immediately, um, you know, the positives of that, you know, and the negative, the negatives of that. Right. So, uh, but I think more than anything, the ability to control their own message uh, right, is, right. is incredibly important. When you can uh, put together, instead of being on stage in front of, you know, a few thousand people telling a story about why this game is going to be great, uh, and may, you know, you think about like the the crazy mishaps of of previous E3s, um, and you know, kind of the the little embarrassments you've seen, like like you think of like Wii Music, oh. right, and them on stage <laughs> playing this stupid thing, or or uh, you know, just. I think like uh, connect like the little kid coming up and fake talking to his computer tiger or whatever it was. I don't remember what connect, it was. But, wasn't it um, connectimals I, or something like that? Like the yeah, connect connect animals. Know, was, was, Miyamoto. I, I think be, Miyamoto yeah, with the I with the motion be, for the Zelda game. I can't remember. Right, 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 right. And like the things that can be prevented just by pre-recording your message. Right, right. And that's their that's their ability to they have the ability to do and deliver it. Um, you know even. You know, even uh, 10 years ago, um, you couldn't necessarily do that. There was streaming, but uh, the ability to kind of prepackage your your stuff and deliver it in a nice, high-quality, high-definition format, um, it wasn't as easy as it is today. And I, I do think Nintendo was ahead of the curve as far as, you know, with the Nintendo Directs and such. And now you're seeing Microsoft, Sony, and everywhere else uh, take their cue. Um, I mean, really, you know, uh, E3 is it's gone the way of, of uh, the cassette tape, you know, it's, it's not really needed anymore. The CD um, it's, and it's not their fault. Right. It's just, it's just the product that they have. And, you know, and even you know, talk about like even business meetings, right? Like the pandemic has, has reduced that. I mean, obviously I love doing business face to face more than anybody. I love, uh, I think you can get a lot done over a meal or drinks or whatever it may be. Um, but you can also save that time and save that money by hopping on zoom and just talking, yeah. you know? So, uh, and the pandemic has brought that that out, you know, that factor out. Zoom is Zoom stock has tripled in price. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Selfishly, as a podcast host, where gaming is anywhere from twenty five to eighty percent of what we talk about on a weekly basis, I I loved it this summer, where we we have new news every week, as opposed to just the one big blowout in June that we're still talking about in August. So, I think the positive, you know, again, selfishly for that is there. Um, I want to, I do want to move on because I want to respect your time tonight and I still have some things I want to touch on. Uh, you also stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Craig skits, by the way, link to that and the pod will be available in this episode description. So go check that out. But I loves me. I loves me this new thing you got going on. Some grown ass talk, uh, especially today's discussion around Milbury's comments and even the Luca thing. Now we don't have to touch that. You can go watch the VOD on your Twitch but where did this whole grown ass talk come from? Oh man, thanks. Uh, yeah, so grown ass talk is something that I, I I just feel like is needed right now more than anything else. 
Um, it's built around the idea of, of talking about things that um, are often presented a certain way uh, and allowing people to talk about every way without any sort of judgment. Um, you know, the, as far as, you know, this, uh, the, you know, today we touched on the NHL uh, commentator being, being uh, I guess, not fired, but he, he's not calling any more games this year because he said that women, you know, he, he was talking about how the bubble was, uh, that they're in was, was good and, you know, didn't really allow distractions like women. And um, so the internet blows up, the guy loses his, his job for the year because of it and blah, 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 right? So the idea is, well, let's, let's talk about this. Right. Um, my stance is that I don't think he said anything wrong. Right. Um, but obviously, you know, we had women who were um, uh, who came in into the chat and they made some really valid points. Right. And the idea is not like, hey, I'm right. You're wrong. It's not, hey, this is how I think I'm going to push it on you. It's, hey, let's talk about this. And and like mature adults um, more than anything else, because I feel like nowadays, especially um it's one way or the other way and that's it you're either left or right or black or white and, or or whatever and it's and honestly it's just nothing positive comes from it and um i want to have conversations like grown ass adults and uh it's it's just something i feel like is necessary and i don't you know this 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 today's episode was was you know, it's easy to t pick those topics, right? Tomorrow, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, right? Uh, but it's got to be something that interests me because if it interests me, I feel like it's probably going to interest other people. Um, so, you know, it's very simple. How about we just talk and have adult conversations, grown-ass talk, very simple. And um, so far, the response has been great. People have enjoyed it. Um, and I think that's, 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 a, that's a sign that there's okay, there's some people are actually willing to talk in humanity. And that, that's really important right now. And as everybody's in this echo chamber of social media where, where um, you know, people, people are surrounded by the things that they want to hear. It's, it's, a, it's a trough of, of whatever it is that you, what you think, YouTube's going to feed it to you. Whatever it is that you, whatever you uh, tweet about, Twitter's going to give it to you, you know. And it's, it's all about keeping you on those platforms so you don't leave. And that's dangerous. So let's talk about these things and uh, see where it goes. And like I said, I may not agree with you and you may not agree with me, but you know what? That's cool. Uh, I want to hear, hear your opinion on it. So uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that was my favorite part of today's stream was when you were reading comments that maybe, you know, they had a differing opinion. You never said you're wrong. You never said I'm right. You said sometimes you would say, hey, that's not what I meant. And here's what I was actually getting at. But you never told anybody they were wrong. And as a content creator like yourself, that's what keeps the people coming back to feel engaged, to not feel like you're just you're the authority in the conversation, because that's obviously they can go anywhere to watch any Twitch stream. So for them to spend the time with you in the middle of the afternoon, that's a pretty special thing. And I just I really liked it because I'm not one generally for the just chatting stream. Um sometimes it kind of depends on the topic. And when I saw yours pop up today, you know, so, you know, I saw it because of the Battletoads post, the box. So obviously that's mm -hmm. what got me the clip. Yeah. But when I went on to Twitch, I saw the headline was NHL, NBA, YouTube's biggest, I think, distra uh, distraction or disappointment or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, I'm in. What's he talking about? And that, and it, st I stayed for the whole stream. And, you know, I, I definitely, you, you said earlier, you're going to bring it back tomorrow. I really hope it's, it's a recurring segment and a recurring show that you kind of bring forth. And I hope it brings you nothing but success. Cause I really, it's a breath of fresh air to not just talk about 
who's Twitter ca- canceled who and all this other stuff. And it's just, it was a really nice conversation to be a part of. Well, thanks, man. And it's funny, I, I, I'm looking on YouTube because I posted, a, posted a, the uh, NHL video. It's like a 15 minute long video, just a clip of it on the, on the YouTube channel tonight, just to kind of see what would happen. And like, this is a great, great, great opportunity, right? This guy posted, he said, I disagree with you on this as someone who works in radio. Your intern belief, uh, see, I, I actually, um, I got, I got a good, this is a great conversation about the idea of like paid versus unpaid internships. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he's, he's piggybacking on this. He says, your intern belief of uh, they do not need to be paid because it makes them appreciate it more is also backwards and outdated as, as you defending this clown as well. Uh, both are like old school thinking uh, that, that hurts way more than it helps. Enjoy your stuff, even if I disagree, right? <laughs> and I think that's, you know, while he was pretty much bagging on me the entire time, he finished with like, I still enjoy your stuff, even if we disagree. And that's the most important thing, right? I don't care if you have a differing opinion to me. That's fine. I like, that's what makes every, this so great. Um, I, I want you to have, I want you to hear my opinion if you disagree. I want to hear your opinion. Um, and I think that's, that's hopefully uh, what happens with the show is, is people, um, you know, it, it becomes a place where differing opinions can come together and actually have a reasonable conversation. And um, maybe, you know, I'm not saying I'm an authority on this stuff at, at all. I'm just saying I have opinions on it. So let's talk about it. You know? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, for those, for the uninitiated that maybe, you know, learning about you for the first time, or maybe didn't know you had a Twitch channel that are coming here listening to this, how often do you stream and where can our, you know, I, I already said twitch.tv slash Craig skits uh, episode in the description, but how often do you stream? So our listeners can tune in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, if you do come over and say hi, make sure you let me know. Um, I'll tell you how great Greg is. Um, so I, I stream, currently I'm streaming in the afternoon. Um, I, I was streaming in the morning, but I'm, I'm testing out uh, the an afternoon time slot, 1 p.m. Central time. So that's 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific uh, at noon, mountain time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and, and I, I have removed all of my consoles. Um, I, am, I have taken the safety net away. So I am only doing grown ass talk right now. And uh, it's something that I encourage people to come and be a part of. Like I said, I don't know what's going to be on tomorrow's show. Uh, it's whatever's piquing my interest. And, you know, the shows, I feel they can range anywhere between, they can, they can be anywhere between two hours and 30 minutes. I don't know. Right. Uh, it just kind of depends on, on how the conversation goes. So, um, yeah, I, I, people can find me on twitch.tv slash Craig Skits. I'll occasionally stream on youtube.com slash Craig Skits. But, for the most part, uh, twitch.tv slash Craig Skits. And if you really want to support Grown Ass Talk and do it without a single cent coming out of your pocket, you can uh, link up your Twitch Prime and support me with a pre with a free Prime sub um, uh, subscription. You get access to emotes and stuff like that, and it costs you nothing. So links uh, to I would really appreciate that. Links to all of that will be in this episode description, so people can can continue to support you, Craig, uh, as you deserve to be supported. Now, um, I. I got to say, you may have removed your consoles, but you didn't remove that sweet-ass NBA jam cab. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's, that's precious. Well, that's got to stay forever. Well, that bad boy's mine. <laughs> yep. And, I, and I, will own, I will own anybody on it. I am, I, when it comes to NBA hang time, um, it, it's, you know, the shame, the shame about that is an arcade one-up cabinet, right? Right. Um, and the reason I, I love the arcade one-up is that it's connected to, to Wi-Fi and, and the internet, so you can actually play against people online. And it keeps your stats on a leaderboard and stuff. And when, when this came out, um, I, at one point, I was like 35-0 and 0 on NBA hang time, which is 
uh, latest game in the series that you can play on this because you can play NBA Jam uh, Tournament Edition and Hang Time. And uh, I was like 35 and 0. I was a top like three player. Um, and then like all my stats got just like wiped for no reason. So it really took the wind out of my sails. But with that said, I will take on anybody at any time and beat you. Sober 32 year old Greg agrees with you. Drunk 25 year old Greg at the barcade would have gotten into a pissing contest. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I don't love myself well, at that age either. You know, I get it. Well, listen, listen, sober 39 year old Craig or drunk 39 year old Craig <laughs> will still take drunk 25 year old Greg down. That's down. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a couple more questions for you tonight, Craig. Uh, so I have to ask based on just what drew me to your stream today and that awesome unboxing. What did you actually think of the new uh, Battletoads game? Oh man, dude! I I know that some people like hated it. And what'd you do to my the what'd you do to my Dark Queen? What'd you do to my the art style? It looks like a cartoon. Yeah, it looks like a cartoon. It's the coolest. <laughs> uh, I, I think the new I think the new Battlefield game is outstanding. Yeah. Right, like, and if you're still holding on to this, like these memories from 26 years ago, like, hi, the next generation called and they want their Battletoads. You know, um, I, I I am so stoked that Battletoads has seen uh, some sort of uh, you know, uh, a new game. And I think that they did such a great job. I mean, it is legitimately funny. The game is like the way it's written, scripted, voiced. Uh, the story they've added to it is so good. And uh, it will probably be one of the most overlooked games of the year. But it's it's so good. I mean, I'll, I'm actually, let me do a quick research. I wonder how many, what the initial sales are. But uh, I, well, I man, think that, that's tough with Game Pass, though, like anything that comes out on Xbox, it's tough to get the sales numbers just because of Game Pass subscribers. Sure. I wonder if they're going to, you know, if, if NPD comes around for this, are they going to start including, you know, Game Pass downloads? Or if you can even track stuff like that, I don't, I don't even know. But anything right now that comes out on an Xbox platform or even a, just a Microsoft platform in general, it's tough to get the sales. And I think that, you know. Microsoft has a really good relationship with Nintendo. I believe that Battletoads will eventually come to the Switch and then you're going to see it get that second life because I agree with you. It is going to get a little bit overlooked. I think the art style is phenomenal. I want it to become a Saturday morning cartoon. Get it on Netflix right now. Like that would be awesome. Right. You know, the the irony about it is that like, you know, the original Battletoads, uh, the whole idea behind Battletoads is that it was supposed to be this competitor to Ninja Turtles. And, And now... Now it looks like more than ever it could be, yeah. you know, it yeah. could be something that, that that could actually be placed on, you know, Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or something along those lines. Yeah, as the Turtles are about to go through their 1500th reboot with Seth Rogen behind the wheel now, uh, we'll see how. Oh, that, really? Yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Um, I think it's. I don't so know. Funny, if it's, look, look at how. Oh, God, God, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say I didn't know if it was. I forget if it's an animated movie reboot or if it's an animated series reboot. My. We talk about so much stuff on this show. My mind's slipping, but yeah, it's, that's coming soon. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, like, um, man, that's 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 funny. That's funny. Just I'm looking at the re- the uh, review scores for Balto, just like on our review roundup, and it's so all over the place. Um, you have like a uh, you know you have six out of tens, fives out of five, five out of five, eight out of ten, seven out of ten, eight out of ten. I see like a two out of five. Um, it's it's so it's so weird, like. You know, one of the things they talk about is like this genre bending game, right? And the first line of this uh, review that gave it a two out of five was uh, the original Battletoads game had a lot of variety in, the, in its level design, but the core gameplay remained the same throughout and had consistent uh, outside 
uh, had consistency outside of levels like the Turbo Tunnel. In comparison, the new Battletoads felt like it, it like a game it couldn't make up its mind on what it wanted to be. I was like, well, yeah, that's it's marketed as a game that has so many different genres in it. That's kind of the idea of it. But um, you know, just because you can't pay, you can't play a shmup and there's a shmup section doesn't mean that it's a bad game. So. Right. Uh, or does it? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I look at it a lot like Streets of Rage 4, 26 years later. It comes out, brand new art style. And that's the issue with Metacritic is, you know, when games get review scores up and down the scale, especially when people, you know, hang so heavily on the original and don't let it be its own new thing. Then people just go to Metacritic like the general pop and they see, oh, it's only got a 60. I'm going to stay away. Meanwhile, it's this it's this gem of a game that deserves to be played. Right, right. Especially it's like it's like free. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Yeah, if you if you have you know Game Pass or whatever it is, like it's free. Yeah. So you know, pretty good. Yeah. So again, we're we are shorter on time. I I do want to ask you a few more questions. Um, if you have the time here, please let me know if you don't. We're good. All right, cool. Uh, let's step back in time for just a little bit. What inspired you to start Screw Attack? Yeah, so um, I, I had a degree in, in, I finished up college with a degree in broadcast journalism. And uh, I knew I didn't really want to be a journalist proper uh, because I didn't like to read or write. And um, I'm, I'm glad I didn't become a journalist because looking back on it, like the word, where journalism is at right now is just such a hard place to look at as a journalism major. Um, not to get all snooty tooty on you, but like I was taught that you always go down the center and you, you, it's never about you, it's about the story. And that is the complete opposite of where journalism is right now. Yep. Um, but so, so I finished with a degree in journalism and I called play by play and like basketball games and football games in college. And I wanted to do that for a living. Um, but then I really took a step back and I was like, do I really want to move to Lincoln, Nebraska and call single A baseball games and hopefully move up this ladder and somebody's going to die and then I'll move up to double A in 10 years and you know, whatever. Right. Um, and the answer was no. And uh, I also loved video games. Uh, college was like kind of my dark years of video game. I, I didn't really play a whole lot of a whole lot of games in college because I was working full time and um, I was just getting back into games as I was finishing up school. Uh, so I got back into video games uh, and I was like, "Well, is anybody?" I was talking to Tom, who was uh, my buddy at the time, and and I was like, "Is anybody like doing a radio show about video games?" Like, and uh, I was like, "I don't know." So. Like, well, let's do a radio show about video games. And it turns out, like, podcasts were just becoming a thing. So uh, we started this podcast called Side Scrollers, and we needed, a, we needed a domain for it. We needed a place for it to be. So uh, we started a website and, and uh, uh, called Screw Attack, which, which was, like, total luck that we, we named it Screw Attack. We were just looking for, like, a, a power-up name that seemed really strong, right? So we were looking at, like, mastersword.com and and uh, names like that. And, and uh, those were all taken. So um, we ended up searching for screw attack and that was taken and it ended up being like a great name for the website. Um, so yeah, you know, it was, was one of those things where um, I, I, I didn't really want to work for anybody else. I had this degree that I didn't really want to use, uh, but I had the skill set. So uh, I figured we just, you know, I'd give this a try and, and go for it. Um, and it worked out pretty good, worked out pretty good. Um, you know, we didn't really know what we were starting when we started it. Uh, I was really, really fortunate that, uh, I had parents who allowed me to live on their counter and their, you know, uh, work in their kitchen for a year while I got it started when I was, you know, 24, 25 years old. And, you know, I'm in my mid, not many, not many parents, 
you know, uh, you know, when, when you're in your mid twenties would allow you to kind of hang out and live at their house for, for a year. Um, but that was really cool of them. And, and I'll always uh, appreciate that. So, um, yeah, you know, it, really the, the inspiration was, um, I wanted to, wanted to kind of work for myself and number two, I, and going back to E3, I wanted to go to E3. So, uh, <laughs> we couldn't do that without, without a domain. So, uh, that, that helped the decision as well. Where did the term G1 come that, uh, you, you kind of coined for the fan base, you become a G1, you feel like you're in the community. I became a G1 in right. 2009. Uh, when, what, what kind of inspired the G1 term? Yeah. So for me, I, I felt like providing a, 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 uh, you know, some sort of, um, group, some sort of, uh, ownership of being, being a member of the community was really important. And up to that point, that wasn't really being done. Um, that was something that, you know, websites, you were a visitor, you were a viewer. Uh, it was one of those things. So I, uh, I really wanted to give some ownership to the community. So the term G1, um, in radio, there's a, um, there's a term called P1. And P1, if you look at a, if you're in your car and you look at your presets, you have preset one, two, three, four, five, six, and now up to like 12 and 18, whatever it is. Um, but when you're in radio, um, generally you want your, uh, you want to be on placement one, P1. Uh, you want to be the first, first radio station that is on the first placement. And, um, there's a radio station that I interned, interned at called the ticket here in Dallas, which, uh, is has this feverish uh audience and they call their community uh their audience their listeners p1s uh and i I always thought that was really cool so for me i was like well it's gaming um the radio thing works out pretty good so let's just you know i said let's just call them g1s so uh g1 was the term and people go well what's it mean and it doesn't mean like gamer one it just means g1 it's exactly what it means it just means you're you are a community member of screw attack and uh and then game attack so um, now, now I, I, it's funny cause like I, I technically am the first G1, right. Cause I coined the phrase and stuff. And, um, you know, when I left game attack recently, um, it was weird for me cause I, I'm so used to say, I've been saying, you know, Hey, G1s for, for, you know, the better part of 15 years. And, uh, you know, so we're started over and now we have legends, legends. Yep. So, uh, it's pretty cool. That is cool. And I'm, I'm just thankful because everybody has a community nowadays. I'm just thankful that you didn't say like something squad, like you could do the skit squad now. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that would lose yeah, subscribers. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. No, I mean, I, I would, uh, yeah, I'd probably take a knife to myself. <laughs> All right. Let's fast forward a little bit to game attack. How did that come to be? Yeah. So, uh, screw attack. I sold it to full screen. Full screen was a big company that, um, uh, was starting up. It was uh, in the early 2010s uh, uh, at the time where there was a lot of MCNs on YouTube and such. And Fullscreen was a company that was growing very rapidly. Uh, it was started by the guy who started the YouTube partner program and he left to start Fullscreen. Um, and uh, so I ended up selling Screw Attack to Fullscreen. Uh, then ended up working with uh, Rooster Teeth, who Fullscreen later acquired as well. So, um, so we kind of got lumped in together. Uh, upon Selling the company, I had a three-year uh, uh, term of, on my contract to stick around, uh, which was nice. The problem is working with Rooster Teeth was like the worst three years of my life. Um, it was it was not a fun experience. Um, I it was you know it, it was more of a I don't know we just didn't mesh. It was just one of those things where it didn't 
worked out very well. So <laughs> my, uh, my contract expires. Uh, well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit there. It's about six months till my contract's done. And uh, at this point, screw attack had grown to a point to where um, it was, it was going to grow in spite of itself. Um, Death Battle was a show that really kind of took over. Um, and it was, it was definitely the, the marquee show on the channel. And a lot of the personality stuff that we did, um, you know, you'd see comments about, well, I don't really care about Death Battle and Death Battle this and this person should have won and blah, blah, blah. So uh, I really wanted to start over and um, with, a, with a brand that was small enough to where when we spoke, the audience heard us. And when they spoke, we heard them. Um, and that wasn't happening with Screw Attack. Um, with, uh, with what a death battle had helped, how much they had grown and the audience had changed. So that was the origins of game attack. So I, I went over to, went to the Rooster Tooth folks. Um, and I was like, Hey, Hey, I want to start this new thing, uh, this new brand. And we came up with all these names and stuff. And, um, and they ended up settling on game attack because it was, uh, we had another name picked out and it got vetoed by Jeff because he wanted to use it for something else. So, uh, we ended up with, uh, with game attack and, uh, game attack. So we split with about, we split from screw attack about six months ago on my contract. And, um, you know, we were told we were going to be this like next big arm of the rooster teeth gaming brand between like Funhouse and achievement hunter. And then there was going to be game attack. And, um, and that didn't happen. We didn't really see much promotion from an RT side. And, um, and I think that was by design. Um, they're kind of, you know, I think that you saw me leaving screw attack as an opportunity kind of helped me out the door a little bit. Um, because about a month after my contract expires, uh, I got called down to Austin and they're like, we're letting you go. So I drove three and a half hours down to Austin to get fired, uh, which was really nice of them to do. Um, so I, uh, on the way back, I, um, you know, part of me leaving, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I want to take game attack with me. Cause I feel like we, we had started something and I wanted to keep it going. So, um, we leased game attack back for two years until we, until we actually got ownership of the name and brand and, all the, all the marks and everything like that. Um, but you know, the story of game attack is really simple. I mean, we just wanted to have something that was, uh, that allowed us to communicate with our audience again. And I feel like we did that pretty successfully with game attack, uh, for the three years that I was there, it was, uh, simply, you know, and that's really why we went to live streaming as well was the ability to have this one-to-one interaction with people. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I left, left, uh, left game attack earlier this year, uh, to kind of take a step back and do my own thing, uh, as we talked about. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what, what the guys do. Um, I'm, I'm sure they have all sorts of plans. So yeah. we'll see, see what happens. My, my favorite piece of game attack content of all time is the, uh, the VR Halloween stuff with like the audience interaction where they would come in and <laughs> sure, they sure, could like sure. tell you what to do. I, I can't remember fully, but somebody was scared out. I was it bowling play. I can't remember who was playing. Uh, but that was some great stuff. My first piece, I still remember. It's so crazy. I still remember my first ever piece of screw attack content that I shared on my social media platforms and was like, everybody has to watch this. It was the top 10 PABs in gaming. <laughs> yeah. Pussy ass bitches. I, I, yeah. I'm glad you said it. We are, we are an adult show. I curse enough on the mainline episodes, but yeah, when I, cried in laughter when glass Joe made the list because I've always thought it. I have told the story to so many people. Like, you got to watch this video because the way they talk about glass Joe is so funny. Just props to you for bringing that to life. Cause that was my absolute favorite piece of essay content ever. 
Thanks, man. Appreciate that. That was, that was fun. It's, it's, it's fun to go back and look at, um, you know, look at, look at things that we said then or things that can't be said now. For real. Um, yeah. Like it, it's, it's one of those things where I'm waiting for somebody to be like, you can't say that in 2008. I'm like, cool. It's 2020. So, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, there were things that were like said, uh, said then. And like, you know, obviously people change and, um, you know, I, I <laughs> that that one in particular, uh, you know, calling somebody a pussy ass bitch is, <laughs> is pretty funny as is. Um, yeah. But, but uh, like, who does that list? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody does. Like, only Screw Attack does that list. Yeah, and and you know what? Nowadays, you'd put dollar signs for the S's and and the uh, at symbol for the A and all and all that stuff. But you know what? Just to, right, to be right, raw, right. that's just great. Now, my co-host, yeah, you could, I mean, it legitimately couldn't, you could not find it on YouTube. It, no. would, it would get delisted, demonetized, yeah. Not even the dark web. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. my my co-host, Sam, he couldn't be here tonight, but he uh, has a request. He's got to know. Um, and it's okay if you didn't. That's fine. This past Saturday uh, at the DC Fandom, we got reveals of Gotham Knights and the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League games. Did you catch those reveals? Have you seen them since? And if so, what would you think of them? Uh, I wish I could tell you I did. I haven't, and I don't have an opinion on. It. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, I I've been so uh, like this. You know what, you want to know what I did this weekend? Yeah, I coached my I coached my girl's soccer team. She had she had a she was in a tournament, so I just I hung out all weekend at the soccer field, and I I played dad, and it was awesome. Uh, like uh, it was it was great. So I, I'm so um, like I'll say tell you this, man. Like gaming has been really great for me. I've always loved gaming. Uh, but for me, gaming at this point in my life, it's more of a it's more of a hobby than it is a, a passion. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy doing like uh, grown ass talk so much and just talking on the podcast or talking on the podcast and sharing stories. Because um, like I'm not like super interested in like what's happening in the gaming space right now. And um, um, I don't know if it's if, if it's just me personally or if it's just stuff that hasn't really uh, gauged gauged my interest so much outside of Battletoads. <laughs> and you know, fall, fall guys is pretty fun too. So. Right. Yeah. I saw those streams too. Everybody's got to play fall guys. Now that's how you get those. Everybody's got to play fall guys. Hey, that, hey, listen, you don't make the number one spot on Twitch by not playing fall guys. Simple. No, no, no. It's like Fortnite. So. <laughs> All right, Craig. So, uh, we have this very quick segment to end the pod. Um, I have to think of a better name, but re- right now we just call it rapid fire where I'm just going to sling off a bunch of questions. They could have something to do with gaming. They could have something to do with, you know, food, whatever the case may be. Um, but the goal here is for me to ask it and you to just say the first thing that comes to your mind as quick as possible. Would, would you uh, be cool with that? Of course. Cool. I think there's like seven or eight. I, c- I can't remember, but let's just kick off with uh, name a video game character that you wish could come to life. Chun-Li. Yes. That'd be awesome. <laughs> now, now she would be a distraction. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the, yeah, right, 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 right. The best three words to describe Shigeru Miyamoto. Most influential ever. Mm. After the Craig Skits podcast, you hypothetically start a new website. It's called Blank Attack. Fill in the blank. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's is, it is all hypothetical. It's not real, right? That's right. That's right. There's there's a lot of money to be made in that industry, so I get it. You know, but at the same time, man, I'll tell you, that would be a... That'd be, I don't know, man, that'd be a... That's an aggressive name for a porn site. Really cool. Yeah, that's a, a very, very aggressive name, right? <laughs> In retrospect, I don't know if that's accurate. Your, ca- uh, but, your uh, casual porn fan would not come to that site, I'll tell you. 
<laughs> no, you know, I'm going to go the complete opposite way. I'd go Disney Attack because I love Disney. And yeah. I would love to, uh, you, my, my dream job, like after all this is done, is I want to I wanna go work at Disney World as like a janitor and, <laughs> and just walk around and, and hang out with people. Yeah, um, see all the kids smiling so faces. Ah, you're a dad of right? what, two right. girls? I mean, come on now, man. That's a dream. Right, right. And I like, I would love, I, I honestly feel like there's a need for this. I, I want to I live stream from from Disney World every single day, and I would love to uh, like go to Magic Kingdom Monday, Epcot Tuesday, and like everybody knows that's the schedule, so where you can go to the parks every single day if you wanted to. I, I think that'd be so fun. That's so. That's a great idea. All right. So uh, trademark on We Podcast and We Know Things. Got it. Uh, what are some TV show recommendations you can make for our listeners if you watch a lot of television? I know you were super psyched on Cobra Kai today. Oh man, Cobra Kai, let's go with that. Um, you know, on, on Netflix, there's an outstanding miniseries that I just finished watching called Fear City. Um, it's about the mobs, the mob scene in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, it's a three-part series about two and a half hours long that if you're into the mob, mob mentality, the mob world, which I find that just such a fascinating world, um, that is the number one thing you should go watch right now, uh, Fear City. And I, I love, I love, organ- I love the idea of like organized crime and doing bad things for for, uh, you know, for money. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I like ever would, but that's, I think that's why I'm so fascinated by it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, the idea of like that, I really love, uh, documentaries or, or series about, uh, famous drug dealers like, uh, Narcos. Yeah. Uh, if you've never seen Narcos, oh my goodness. so the first series, first the, season. Yeah. I was going to say it, it does kind of fall off in season three where they renamed it. I can't remember what they renamed it. Narcos. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't remember, but regardless, yeah, I'm with you on those Cobra Kai, the first two seasons leaving YouTube coming to Netflix this Friday, by the way, the 28th. So I'm super psyched to watch oh, those again, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so movie theaters are finally reopening around the country. What's a funny story or experience you had in a movie theater before? Ah, <sighs> Let's see. Oh, you know what? My first date was in a movie theater. Um, I went to, uh, I dated a girl. My first date was with a girl. I was in sixth grade. She was in seventh grade. Her name was Darcy Walkaluck. Uh, we went, her mom picked me up, uh, and along with her friends. So it was me and Darcy. We went to go see Aladdin at the theater. Uh, and we saw Aladdin, uh, and two rows behind us were three of her friends giggling at us as we sat there in the movie theater. And, uh, as, as we uh, as we listen to a whole new world, a whole new world. Darcy reaches her left arm out and just wraps her arm around my neck and brings me in. Right, like the you know, uh, I was petrified the entire time and knowing her friends are there and then hearing her hearing her friends giggle. <laughs> you know, as I'm over here like being assaulted by the seventh grader. Um, that's great. <laughs> Kudos to you, A, for dating up sixth to seventh grade. That's a big deal at 12 years old. Good for you. Big number deal. One. Big number deal. One. number big deal. two, it is crazy to say that there are kids in 2019 that had that same experience, except their Aladdin had Will Smith in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and a lot more social social messages, too. Yeah, yeah. Plus, <laughs> well, they were probably live tweeting the kiss and all that stuff. So I get it. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, and geez, you see, <laughs> see what happened to Craig and Darcy? Oh, it's on TikTok. Yeah. Whatever the hell that means. That's right. They TikTok it. <laughs> well, on the IG. <laughs> what is the best style of uh, cuisine? Uh, you're talking about food? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that what cuisine means? Yeah. No, um, <laughs> for, for me, for me, it's uh it's Italian food. Uh, I love Italian food. Uh, 
you, you can really do no wrong with bread and Italian sauce there you uh, go. for me. Uh, any any sort of any sort of good sauce uh, and and bread. Like I'm, I love carbohydrates. I'm glad I'm I'm glad you didn't say gravy. I'm not the gravy guy. I'm the sauce guy. Good for you. No sauce. I'm from I'm from Philly, so you know it's definitely sauce. That's how I. That's my right, natural right, right. dialect. So yeah, but so well, I'll, I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you this. You know, I've been to Philly. I've had Pat's and Gino's, right? Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, that's brilliant marketing for them. And I know that most people who live in live in uh, Philly, they're like, Pat and Gino's suck. I go to like whatever. Um, you know, because they know the insides. Where Pat and Gino's are the uh, they're the uh, the tourist, the tourist places. Yeah. To go. yeah. Right, that's right. But I've been there, and uh, I got to be honest, like I. I didn't really think they were like that special when I went. So uh, I've, I've had way better Phillies like at local sandwich places, you know, down here in Texas. And I'm sure you can find good Phillies anywhere. But uh, I was fairly underwhelmed. Wow. But, you know, it is what it is. But that's why they're the tourist spots. Like, I'm not going to go that's on right. a diatribe about meat and cheese on a roll. I, I usually would. But I think we've we've been on the show long enough. Uh, I don't want to bore anybody out there. But listen, you know, you come back to Philly. You, you know my number. You just let me know. I do. And I will take you. I will take you to where you need to okay, go okay. to enjoy the best damn cheesesteak in the business, ladies and gentlemen. I won't give the oh, plug. Good, good. I won't give the plug. I'll leave that as, as a little tease. No. But, you know, no, in, no, no, no. inside of Italian cuisine, what is the go-to for you, the go-to menu item? If you had to have one Italian food, what is it? Meatball sub. Mm. See, now, now yeah, I'm a, meatball sub or, or just a plain, plain uh, slice of cheese, you know? Yeah, see, I'm, I mean, it's, it's got to be a good slice of pie. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pizza guy. I'm, I'm a plain pizza guy, just like you, just a cheese pie. I would also say veal parm is is kind of like the uh, the underdog of this fight. Chi- chicken parm. Uh, see, I'm, I'm not a huge veal veal guy. I like chicken. Chicken yeah. parm is pretty good, man. Yeah, right. but for me, that that entire dish, it, it's dependent on the uh, the uh, spaghetti that's served with it. Wow. Right? See, generally, you get some. I you go with the, I go with the sauce. I, I have to say the sauce makes the meal. Uh, but I'm I'm glad. Well, you said of course. Pie. But what I what I don't want when I get my chicken parm, Greg. What I don't want is I don't want skinny noodles. I want nice beefy noodles to yeah. go along with my chicken parm and you noodles. Know? I don't want no angel hair and noodles that have been drained properly. You get that wet, soggy noodle. It, it changes the dish. I'm out. Hey, do you want to start a podcast called Italian Attack? <laughs> there it is. Or, or, we just there you did go. it. Or, or just food, food attack. Oh Let's my go. God. Oh, cuisine attack. We'll make it. We'll, we'll be. We'll be upper echelon <laughs> YouTube tier. There that you sounds go. way more high class. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are for those are for the non Twitch primes. Those are the people with five bucks. That's who get to listen to that. There you go. The Battletoads fanny pack that you opened on stream today looked absolutely sick. Yes. Right. I'm a fanny pack guy, but for you, what's another underrated fashion accessory? Well, I don't know the first thing about fashion because I've been wearing shorts and t-shirts for the last 15 years. So uh, for me, I would say the uh, if I was to put <laughs> put a put a uh, a tier list of, of for fashion together, uh, it would it would be like basketball shorts number one. <laughs> you know, so like I I am not the man to talk about fashion. I promise you that. Yeah. And I have no problem rocking a fanny pack. That's the thing, and I think that's one of the things about it is I. I I don't care how people think about how I dress. I legitimately don't. So, um, you know, I also think that there's a, there's part of that being a dad too. It's like, I don't, I don't care. You know? So I am the wrong person. Uh, I'll tell you this fashion attack will never happen. The, the more stains on my shirt, the better. Believe me when I tell you, 
I could care less about the fashion world myself. I'm wearing basketball shorts right now. I wear them 12 years out of the month. I wear them outside in December. Philly Decembers, they get a little cold. You can find me during the summer on the Jersey Shore, on the boardwalk, rocking the most highlighter yellow fanny pack they make. I don't care. I was kind of hoping you would say the baseball cap. It's been your staple for 15 years. Well, no, I mean, the baseball cap, surely. I mean, but that's, like I said, that's just one of those things that I, I'm going to wear regardless. It's just part of my part of my body at this point, yeah, you know? Yeah, uh, oh, that's so, a good point, like, yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, that, that's not part of fashion. That's just, that's just that's my just life. That's who you are. You know? That's your identity. Yeah. I remember there exactly. was... I think I remember something on Screw Attack where there was like a donation thing where if they, if something was hit, you'd take the hat off. Like you did a big unveiling for your God, I think I remember that. It yeah, like, yeah. We had we had a uh uh we had a young man who came down, he was uh he was a uh an ill young man who came down for like an extra life or like a make a wish right, that's right uh, thing. And and I ended up giving him my hat as part of that. That's yeah. right. Yeah, so, you all agreed that, that, that that Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of part of part of the whole the whole spiel with with Screw Attack was I never took off my hat and uh, um, and uh, so like it was a really big deal when I did. So good good fun. memories, good memories, good times. Uh, yeah. Let's see if you could put here's a weird one. If you could put one and only one poster on the wall in your bedroom, who would it have been as a kid? Only one, and who is it now as an adult? Hmm. Okay. As a kid, it was Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. I love Weird Al. Loved him as a kid. I mean, I still do. Like totally. All right. Sec- by the way, second Weird Al reference. This podcast. That's Let's right. go. That's right. Um, as an adult, probably Dirk. Dirk Nowitzki. Um, I love Dirk. Uh, I think he's everything that's right about sports. Um, he is so fun, and his loyalty towards towards my, uh, my favorite team ever. Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with Dirk. There you go. Now, it, it would be kind of weird. Would be kind of weird to put like Dirk in my, you know, in my bedroom. My <laughs> wife's there and stuff, but whatever. You know, she'd understand. Listen, you're a lifelong and fan. If I asked you this question five years, it'd probably be Luca. Um, that'd be even more weird. <laughs> yeah, he's 21. Yeah, because there's, yeah, there's such an age difference. Right? <laughs> that is super weird. Actually, now that I said it, now that it's out in the world, like I, my son. If only yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had an edit button. No, uh, sorry. So last one, <laughs> last one. If evil Craig, my personal favorite screw attack personality of all time were to come back for just one more famous rant on one thing, what would evil Craig rant about? Cancel culture. 100%. Good, good call. And I think yeah. some of that, yeah. you can get a little bit, a little bit of that in grown ass talk. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, I'd say, I would say evil Craig is dead. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Evil Craig's ever going to return. Um, just mainly, mainly that's because real Craig has has kids. You know, you want to hear a funny story though? Yeah, for sure. Not, uh, so, um, so there there were some people. Uh, I, I talked about this uh, last week on, on while well, live streaming, and this is actually one of the reasons why grown ass talk exists. Um, there was uh, some G ones. Uh, that that really came at me very strongly after after um, the all, all the unfortunate stuff that happened with, with George Floyd. We had a podcast. We talked about it, and uh, they came to me afterwards with uh, with a bunch of literature about why how uh, my my whole stance was. I um, I'm going to treat everybody equally. I want everybody to treat me equally, you know. And that's just kind of how that's you know I'm going to whether you're white, black, Asian, 
Mexican, whatever, you're, you're a person to me. I don't care. And uh, so they really came at me really hard with, well, you're part of the problem then, right, a afterwards. And, um, and some of those people were exposed to Evil Craig's Twitter account. And they, uh, they attempted to cancel the Evil Craig Twitter account <laughs> because <laughs> they saw it as something that like that evil Craig was me. They're like, well, you're just, you're, you're him. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's like canceling a character. Like I don't truly believe the things that evil Craig says, you know, uh, you can't, you can't be, you can't cancel me because of something that a character says, like his name might as well be evil Dave. You know, I don't, like I don't live in my basement and I truly don't love pancakes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, it's like evil Craig is like the 21 year old kid, you know, um, I am not that person. So, um, <laughs> like, uh, they, they really came out to be pretty hard about that. And, uh, they thought, they thought that evil Craig should be canceled because of, and I was like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. So screw those guys. <laughs> <laughs> screw those guys. That was a good way to end this podcast. Uh, Listen, that, that was all we had lined up for the pod. I think, uh, you know, we had a good time. We had some laughs. We cried a little bit. We talked about food, which is always my favorite topic and subject. And, and I, I just want to say, Craig, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast tonight. And, and thank you again for, for everything you do. Yeah, man, this is awesome. Uh, I, I am, I am, uh, this is really fun. I, I had a great time with you, man. And, uh, you know, Let's, let's do it again in a year or so. And after you guys get to episode 7,000, it'll be great. <laughs> cool. Uh, so with that, um, all the links to your social media, your stream, and one more time, the podcast will be available in this episode description. So whether you're listening to it on uh, CastBox, iTunes, wherever, Spotify, just check the episode description. It'll be a hyper hyperlink. You just give it one click, and then you can be a part of the Craig Skits podcast. Craig, again, thank you so much for coming on the line. We really appreciate it. If you could just hang on one second, that would be great. Everybody, thank you for being here for this bonus episode, and we'll see you next week for episode 201.